Welcome back. Time for another episode of Funnel Radio Network, the flagship right here on the Funnel Radio channel. Today, our host is Jim Obermeyer, and the guest is Mac McKnight as they talk about, is it too late to have a sales plan for 2020? Let's find out. Let's bring him in. Hey, Jim. Thank you, Paul Roberts. Paul is our announcer for all programs on the Funnel Radio channel, and he's been a great producer on our channel since, let's see, it's 11 years since Paul started with us on this channel and helped me launch it. I am Jim Obermeyer, your host today, and our guest today is Matt McKnight. Matt was on a program, probably SLMA Radio, in December, and at that time, he was on with Mark Corona from Chief Outsiders, the CMO organization, and they were talking about a lot of the things having to do with the Chief Outsiders, the CMOs, consulting gigs in both uh, the CMO world as well as the sales management world. And I looked at this subject at the beginning of the year, and the subject is, isn't it too late to have a sales plan for 2020? Obviously, that's a question. And I thought, who best to answer this than Matt McKnight? I wondered what percentage of sales managers have a sales plan for their new year? Do they require their salespeople to have a plan? Aside from a forecast, new compensation plans, territory alignments and additions, are sales managers really creating a written objective-oriented plan similar to the marketing plan? I doubt it very much. And I've asked Matt to come in and talk to us about this. Now, he's a president and founder of McKnight Advisors, LLC, a sales acceleration partner. His firm helps companies launch, expand, or improve their sales operations to accelerate revenue growth. His approach is based on accountability, transparency, integrity, and trust, focusing on the people, processes, and I love this part, strategy to achieve sustained growth for his customers. Matt, the microphone is yours. It's the first of the year. Isn't it too late to have a sales plan already? I mean, kind of the horse has left the barn here. What's your opinion? <laughs> well, first, Jim, it's a pleasure to be on your program. No, absolutely not. It's not too late. I mean, I've worked for a startup companies, public, private, major corporations, and we're only in the first full week of January. Typically, plans aren't even out yet, so it's not too late by any means. In answer one of your initial questions, how many sales managers have a complete sales plan for their entire year? The answer to your question really is slightly less than 25% really have a complete sound sales business plan for the year. And I base that on results from uh, 933 sales agility assessments that we uh, conducted. That's pre-engagement with our customers. Those had not done, vast majority of those, over 75% had not done thorough analysis of their strengths and limitations or their competitors, right? In other words, they hadn't done a SWOT analysis whatsoever to create a sales business plan for the upcoming fiscal year. But that begs the question, Jim, what are the basic elements of a sales business plan, as you alluded to, is not just a compensation plan and a forecast, right? Those should be the last steps of the process that they could go through internally. Successful business plan should cover three areas. First, the sales strategy, sales process, and then a sustained sales execution plan going forward. On the sales strategy front, that should include at least a one-year revenue model by product, by customer, by new account, include new products if those are on the horizon for the upcoming fiscal year. Should include some assumptions around customer attrition, obviously factor in margin as well. 
conclude the sales goals and quotas, a partner strategy, if that's applicable to any company. Obviously, what the uh, upcoming hiring plan is, what's the current state of the sales organizational chart, and what's the future state as the year unfolds. On the sales process front, it's something that many companies, and I've seen, you know, just take it for granted year in and year out, right? They really don't revisit it. They don't do a critical analysis of the sales process, really study each of the key milestones that need to be accomplished in order to promote an opportunity from one stage to the other, and questions to ask at each sales stage. Obviously, the company's evolving, so should the sales process. And then finally, as I mentioned, the sales execution. It's fine to all have it on a piece of paper, but what is going to be the communication plan going forward between management and the team? There should be some kind of communication, you know, cadence on a regular basis. What are the metrics that we're going to be covering that are the key metrics that actually monitor that daily behavior that will actually achieve the results that they're aspiring to achieve? Finally, what are the territory business plans? I think you mentioned, do the salespeople have a plan? I can be more than happy to get into the details on that as well. Well, it's interesting what you said that shocked me when you said less than 25% have a sound business plan or an annual plan. And I know it takes time to pull these plans together. So someone might say, Jim, it's ridiculous. You just set this whole thing up because it's a weekend do it. We got plenty of time to do a plan, but I've got the opinion and I've proved it in my own sales consulting business through the years that if you miss the first month of the year, you're more than likely to miss the quarter. You miss the first quarter, you're more than likely to miss the half. You miss the half and you're for the rest of the year. So people who don't have a plan prior to the launch, if they don't know what they're doing, except for a sales forecast, which is nothing but a wish list, if they don't know exactly where they're replacing sales reps. If they don't have this sales process down pat, all they've got going is a lottery. It's not a business, it's a damn lottery. So I really agree with what you seem to have here. I like the way you outlined it. I like the territory business plan. What's keeping most of these sales managers from doing this? It's not like the information isn't out there. Are they just set their ways? Are they just stubborn? Do they think planning is just for someone else? Uh, some other person? What's the problem? Well, let me answer that question twofold. One, in a general way, you tend to have sales management out there that usually are never trained. We usually promote an individual contributor. And we just all of a sudden say someone is a sales manager, but they really don't understand all the different elements that it takes in order to uh, productively manage their sales teams, right? And one of those areas that you alluded to that I think is extremely important, and we're going to get very tactical here, is a territory business plan or a personal business plan for each of their sales representatives, right? And let me use an example, right? I recently was engaged with a manufacturing company. And talk about no plan, right? They had no management plan, but also the reps had no plan. They had no territories. They had no target accounts that really should equate to an ideal customer profile. And they were lost. They sort of, like you alluded to, they sort of show up each day and just think the compensation plan and a forecast, but they don't really monitor or have a plan on a daily basis to get there. We put a plan together, right? And that started with number one, you know, what is the revenue goal? I know they have a quota, but what is the actual company goal each rep has? What's their stretch goal? And that stretch goal sometimes can equate to a 200% plan. I've had reps force them to do a 200% plan to make them think more expansively and execute accordingly. The old adage is it takes the same amount of time and effort to sell a 50K deal than a 500K to a million dollar deal. There's a lot of truth in that. Those revenue goals shouldn't be just to achieve just the company goal or the quota. 
get them to think a little bit more expansively, get them to overshoot so they can more a higher probability of achieving, you know, their quota for the year. The second part of the personal business plan for each sales representative, what are the top 20 uh, target accounts? And don't get hung up on the 20. It could be 27, it could be 17, whatever the case might be. And what are the ideal customer profile to go along with? And it's interesting that companies really don't conduct this as part of their SWOT analysis at the beginning of each year. When it comes to that ideal customer profile, some things to consider, I mean, what are the best industries and segments they should be targeting? What's the size of the company? Or is it a customer base that should be the metric that should be utilized to profile the best target account? Financial stability should factor into that. Is geography, geographic considerations part of it? And also just the simple math. I mean, you know, if I'm successful selling into this company, this target account, will it equate to a sizable transaction or one that is of interest to the company's goals, right? Again, it goes back to spend a lot of times selling a very small deal. And finally, on the ideal customer profile, they're intangible. Is the company difficult to do business with? Some have that reputation and those other considerations in that category as well. I could go on and on here, but those are the kind of things that should be considered when selecting the top target accounts for each of the reps, you know, territories. And then you also have to have what is the revenue plan in terms of the strategy and tactics to get there. And that can go from very tactical to LinkedIn, to understanding the prospects organizational chart, things along those lines, the resources of the company, and where are my deltas? Where is my strengths and weaknesses on how to achieve and overachieve my yearly annual revenue goal. We've been speaking with Matt McKnight here. He's been tackling this subject. It isn't too late to have a sales plan for 2020. We're going to take a quick break here, but when we come back, I'd like to ask Matt a little bit about the Genesis planning process. So we'll be back in just a moment. And during that moment, we're going to remind you that uh, sales acceleration, the people we're talking with today here, they understand that leading and growing your company is hard work. Many businesses, leaders just don't have the time or energy they need to grow their sales and put a strategy in place, as we're talking about today. A strategy that will work not this quarter, this year, but years to come. So if you're tired of not having a clear path, of not getting where you want to go, then it's time to take the next step and partner with a sales leader who's been down that road before and can guide you to sales success. If it's structure and strategy you need, there's really only one place to go find it, salesacceleration.com, and that's spelled S-A-L-E-S-X, acceleration, X-C-E-L-E-R-A-T-I-O-N, salesacceleration.com. All right, let's accelerate this conversation and bring back in Jim and his guest. Thanks, Paul. It's nice to hear from our sponsors today. We've been speaking with Matt McKnight. Matt is the founder of McKnight Advisors, LLC, and and he is a sales acceleration partner. He's been answering the question, it isn't too late to have a sales plan for 2020. On this end of the program, I ask him to talk a little bit about the Genesis system, which the sales acceleration group talks a lot about on their website, a very process-oriented approach to sales planning, which should help save the bacon for many sales managers. Would you like to expand on that, Matt? First of all, we focus mostly on small and medium-sized companies. And those companies are CEOs, leaders, investors of companies. They just don't have the time to basically dedicate to setting up the sales infrastructure necessary to be successful. 
nor at times do they realize, as we've already talked about in this program, all the pieces, all the elements that go into the proper kind of Genesis sales plan to be successful. And again, it goes back to the strategy process and the execution that we mentioned before. And part of the approach include the putting together a multi-year you know, revenue model, again, by product, by customer, and by net new accounts. What are those, you know, what kind of net new accounts are necessary to achieve the goals? Also taking a look at customers. And I had a recent example of a customer when we did this, and it, all of a sudden, like four customers, if you combine them together, the aggregate revenue is over 70% of the company's top line. And in one of the situations, the customer actually lost one customer, which, you know, constituted over 50% of the revenue. You need to know that up front because it's a key part, again, going back to the threat and weaknesses in the SWOT analysis to be able to plan for that. In addition, once you have the revenue model in place, you can come up with the right kind of sales quotas, the right sales goals, and obviously the compensation plans, you know, need to be put in place as well. And compensation plans, again, are not where you start, but after you go through the strategy, those steps of the process, put together the successful compensation plans that are both a win-win for the company and for the sales rep, the incentive behavior you want to see, and they should be easy to understand. The age-old adage of a 50-50 compensation plan, I think, is correct, 50% base, 50% variable. And obviously, you want to reward top performers and reward them even more if they overachieve on their quota. So those are just several of the pieces, you know, in terms of the sales strategy category of the engagement. On the process side, again, you need to look at each step, define each sales stage, make sure they're integrated into their CRM, understand each of the key objectives of each sales stage, the requirements to promote, the milestones necessary to achieve in order to promote them to the next stage and the questions to ask at each stage. And that, you know, goes from marketing into sales, right? Because all that needs to integrate together. And then finally, on the execution side, and this goes a little bit, Jim, what you alluded to at the beginning of the conversation in terms of sales leadership and how come they don't have plans. A lot of sales leaders have never been trained and they don't know how to really put together a plan, don't know how to create an environment of sales success, don't even know how to put together the compensation plans we talked about running a sales meeting effectively and productively, as well as doing onboarding and hiring properly, role plays, even ride-alongs. It's interesting that I get involved with a lot of clients. Sure, the manager goes out on a sales call, but there's nothing that is ever put in place to memorialize some of the learnings and some of the things that need to be done on a consistent basis when they're out in the field. So those are some of the main parts of getting the right sales infrastructure into place and helping basically to develop and mentor, especially your new sales leaders, into being effective. It's interesting what you say. I keep thinking about the marketing management side, how different it is. So many of the people that come up through marketing versus 10 or 15 years ago are better educated. Uh, Universities are turning out people with very deep educational backgrounds and database management, marketing, digital marketing master's programs, West Virginia University, one of our uh, program hosts, they have their own program on the channel and they talk about the whole database management program. So marketing people, very often when you hire them, they come in with a lot of skills. Part of that skill is in planning because there are too many moving pieces. And yet here we find 75% of the sales managers are coming up through the ranks. There's very few sales training programs available any place except in a company. And when they start off in the small to medium-sized companies, those companies want experienced managers, except the ones that they promote 
they're really lacking. And most of the company presidents don't know any better anyway. They just want a good forecast. How long does it take someone to get basics of a sales plan in place and then the review process to go on and make sure that they're pretty solidly grounded so they can actually manage the business? Well, Jim, what we found is that depending on the customer's situation, you're right, within two to four weeks, we usually can train their uh, sales leaders to be more effective. And we cover actually 16 specific areas that they need to understand to put in that necessary sales plan for 2020 and beyond. And if it's an on-site kind of engagement, it can be done within a week to two weeks. But it goes back to what you were saying is that we tend to promote a lot of individual contributors and other people with great street smarts, but they don't necessarily have the academic framework. And street smarts are not necessarily scalable. You may have a great individual contributor, and I've had many on my team, but a lot of things they do are not necessarily repeatable across the entire team. So you need to find that common process that is applicable to make the entire team effective going forward. You believe in having a SWOT, a Strengths, Weaknesses, Threats, and Opportunities document. I found it quite helpful through the years in companies that I had consulted with and started with because the SWOT brings to the surface all of those problems that people are thinking about, but they're not talking about. So SWOT is part of your process at Genesis? Yeah, and I'm a big believer in it. From a management perspective, I mean, you got to first look at the strengths. I'll actually have a specific example here I should use as well. But, you know, from a strengths perspective, what is your sales team doing better than anyone else in the market? And what strength does your current product line offer that your competitors can't? Questions go on and on in each of the categories. From a weaknesses perspective, I commonly ask, you know, what do your current customers see as weaknesses in your sales style, product, or service? I mean, That's looking in the mirror again, admitting to some of the weaknesses so you can address those proactively at the beginning of the fiscal year. From an opportunity perspective, again, it sort of goes back to those personal business plans, territory uh, business plans I mentioned before. But from an opportunity perspective, what segments of your market are clients consistently making purchases? And I want to come back to that in a moment. But from a threats perspective, and again, I already alluded to this, but you really need to dissect your top line. Do more than 25% of your sales revenue come from a very small fraction of your customers. You know, sometimes it's even more acute than that. Going back to the opportunities for a moment, I had a recent client who was a small software company. They're going very well, but going through a complete SWOT analysis with them, we came up with three strengths, six weaknesses, four opportunities, and four threats. But I'm only gonna pick out one of the strengths, which actually obviously segued into an opportunity as well. But they had a very focused, targeted market, and um, they were doing extremely well with it. And that target market had over 1,700 target accounts. They only had three reps, but they were growing over 80% a year, and they could grow a lot faster. But in going through this, new manager actually was considering moving out of that target market and going into an entire different area. So in other words, they were almost going to take a strength and turn it into a weakness. But before they did that, it was important, you know, to first of all, get them to make sure they focus on the 1,700 target accounts, keep hiring the profile to basically address that marketplace, have a formal onboarding and training based on actually penetrating that account, and then subsequently having the sales compensation plans, the territory definitions, even the partner strategy in this case, to make sure that it was all going to exploit that strength versus taking the strength and turning it into a weakness. So again, that's a very granular example. It's not just identifying the weaknesses, it's making sure that you're taking advantage and leveraging all your strengths as well. 
So you say it takes about four weeks to six weeks to get up and running to be able to create that, that tactical action plan, get strategies in place, make sure the sales goals and quotas are updated, address attrition in the sales ranks, and then get into that multi-year revenue forecast that makes people think long range. You've been a big help today. It shows sales managers that it's never too late to plan. If you get a little late start, it's better to know where you're going the other 11 months of the year than just keep trying to play catch up. That is great. Do you have any advice to sales managers about planning? Do you have anything to tell that new sales manager out there that desperately needs help? I do. We've focused a lot of this conversation today, sales strategy, the process, putting that infrastructure in place, the SWOT analysis, Jim. But the key is execution. And once you have the plan in place, it takes a real disciplined way because whether it's four, six, or eight weeks to put the plan in place, that initial 2020 plan, it takes daily communication with the team. You have to have a disciplined communication cadence, whether that should be weekly team meetings that are very structured as well as one-on-ones going forward that all tie back to that territory business plan, that personal business plan for each rep to make sure they're tracking. You're looking at the behaviors on a consistent basis, not just focused on the results. The behaviors will get you there if you're adhering to the plan. And obviously, sometimes you have to adapt the plan a bit, but the underlying fundamentals should remain the same. And for any new manager, that is critical, right? That uh, you're having that constant communication and communicating up bad news as well as good news to senior management so that you can deal with it. Well, that's kind of what you talked about in the show on SLMA radio last month where communication is everything. And I can certainly see what you mean. I, I Early in my career, I did a lot of marketing plans for companies. And when I would check back in with them six months later, I found out the plan was on a shelf and nobody ever looked at it. They all liked the beginning of it. Nobody liked the execution. So uh, Exactly. It goes back to that previous show we talked about. Yeah, it's like uh, the Cool Hand Luke movie, right? You know, what we have here is a failure to communicate. Don't get yourself in that position. You've been great today. Matt, thank you for your time. I know you're a busy guy in the beginning of the year and you fit us in for your schedule here and give my best to uh, certainly to uh, Mark Corona over at the uh, the Chief Outsiders, the CMO organization. And we appreciate it. I'd like to have you back on the program again sometime to talk about sales managers and how they can be successful sales managers and not just be uh, chasing their forecast all year long. Uh, Matt, how can someone reach you Jim, they can reach me. My phone number is 847-867-5963. Please feel free to call or text. And my email is mmcknight, M-M-C-K-N-I-G-H-T at salesacceleration.com. Matt McKnight, thank you very much. Thank you, Jim. Thank you. listening to another example of Funnel Radio, right here on the Funnel Radio channel, for at-work listeners, like you.